confession this morning. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me, and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. I want us to pray this morning. Roberta died over here. Uh, her grandson last night committed suicide, and two other grandsons, it was your nephew, and two other grandsons attempted it. Let's just believe right now that that warfare is stopped in her family in the name of Jesus. That spirit of suicide, that spirit of hopelessness in Jesus' name, we bind the devil. We take authority over him. You have no right. I know Roberta stands in the gap for all of her family. And I thank you, Lord, that her, her prayers, her thoughts line up with the word of God. Her prayers are prayed with faith. And we are believing for her entire family the entire family to come into the kingdom of God to escape the plan of the enemy against her grandsons and against others in her family in situations and circumstances that they are facing. How many do you have young people that are facing situations right now? We agree in this body in Jesus' name that all of the young people, all of the young people in our congregation and those that are relatives of yours will complete their divine destiny. We just said it. God has a purpose, and they will complete that divine destiny in Jesus' name. And there are two other announcements. Uh, uh, Robert and Sue Wood, uh, she's not here this morning. They have a new baby, grandbaby, uh, down in Indianapolis who's in the NICU. But this is her, and uh, she was 10 pounds, 8 ounces. She came ready to go. Um, her name is... Uh, Alexandria Elaine and her mom is Brandy and so uh, she's in the NICU but I said nobody's gonna believe that that baby won't eat that's the challenge and I said every time they come in and say this baby won't eat so it has to stand NICU I'm sure everybody goes that baby looks like it's been eating but uh, we continue to pray for that little gal and then Aaron and Chris Campbell back here our new grandparents everybody praise the Lord their son Aaron and uh, Martasha, they had a little boy, Akai Lascott Shakur Campbell. He's got lots of names that he's going to live up to. Hallelujah. Amen. Congratulations to them, too, and to Aaron. Yes. You can be seated. <laughs> it's a good day in the house of the Lord. Amen. Look outside and see sunshine. Um, I have a word that I feel like I'm supposed to finish on the Holy Spirit this week. Holy Spirit-led church is what we shared last week, part one. But I felt like I didn't really finish because I felt this week that the Lord quickened me. We need to finish this and talk about voices. Everybody say voices. You know, we were at a wedding last night and we were in a, a big room and music was playing and, and all the people in there were talking. Uh, not to each, not to just one of, I mean everybody was talking and there were so many voices that it almost made you want to get outside and get away from the voices for a little bit. And I believe in the body of Christ, we need to be listening to the right voice. Uh, there is a voice that God has given us on purpose to help us with our destiny and that's the Holy Spirit. And I believe the world needs to hear the Holy Spirit. I believe there are opportunities. I've seen it when we've prayed for people and they're having surgery or a situation 
And we've prayed for that person, the surgeon and a doctor, an attorney, to have the wisdom of God to know what to do in that decision. I don't know if they know the Lord or not, but I'm believing the Lord will intervene and that the Holy Spirit will drop in there the wisdom that's necessary for that situation. And I believe we have the authority to do that. In Acts chapter 1, and we'll just go over a couple of scriptures, and then we're going to talk about this week's message. But, uh, and this is from the Passion Bible. This is what it says. But I promise you this. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you will be seized with power. Everybody say, I have been seized with power. The Holy Spirit lives in you. John chapter 14 says everybody has the Holy Spirit in them to quicken them, to reveal to them, to comfort them, to help them. But there's another additional part of that that has to do with power. Everybody say power. Everybody say, I have the power. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit is just merely evidence of that power. I believe there's people who operate in that power who have never spoken in tongues because they've never had the revelation they could. God baptizes. When we ask God for everything he has, I believe he gives us everything we need. Amen? Everything he has. And so it says, you will be my messengers. Uh, in the New King James, it says, witnesses to Jerusalem throughout Judea, the distant provinces, even to the remotest places on earth. That means God will even go on vacation with you. See, some people think God stays back at home in the church. But God goes with you. He comes in with you and he goes out with you. I know that because there's a corporate anointing that comes when all of you come in here and begin to worship that's different than when I worship by myself in my house. There's, a, there's an anointing that flows in the body of Christ. Everybody say, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit living in us and to guide us. A witness is one that gives evidence. You know, if I've heard this said before, but if you were uh, on trial, would there be enough evidence to convict you of being a Christian? It's awfully quiet. Everybody say, yes, of course. Yes, of course. What does that mean? That when people see us and they see our life, would there be enough of a witness? Evidence, uh, witness is something that's revealed. You know, when you're on the witness stand, you talk about what you saw, not just what you uh, heard maybe but what you saw and they say in the in the uh, presence of two or three witnesses it's established well you know if if my husband and I are in the grocery store it is established that the Lord is in this place are you understanding this today it's time for resurrection power in the, the, the marketplace everywhere that we go everywhere that we go, but we have to be acquainted with that voice. Everybody say acquainted with that voice. <laughs> and uh, as I was looking at this, and I actually was talking with Shane Harbolt this week, the video that I showed last week, I only showed the first portion. And uh, how many of you were here last week? And remember when the lady was sitting on the little kettle on the floor, and God said, some of us are waiting on God to set things up, and he's waiting on us to move by faith, everybody say by faith, by the voice of God, everybody say that, by the voice of God, to move, and when we move, God sets it up. But if we're, if we're not moving, God can't set it up. And in that 
in that she had a blindfold over her eyes and this pastor had told her, follow me. Well, he had just blindfolded her. And in the essence of the whole thing was that when the Lord speaks to us, we need to know his voice. And it's in the knowing of his voice. And uh, Shane was telling me, I watched the rest of that video. And the rest of that video I want to show you this morning because I believe it has to do with what God is trying to say to the church right now. And I believe it's imperative that we get this for where we are right now. My husband and I have both been saying for a couple of years now, we need to know the word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Those two things will keep us safe in the day that we're living in. And so I want us to watch this video. I'm going to show it ahead, and then I want to share with you what the Lord wants to hear, us to hear. Sometimes God says, trust me, I can't even let you see how ridiculous you look when you operate by faith. Is there anybody? I'm talking too loud. I'm talking too loud. Sometimes when you live by faith, you look ridiculous. Really? As cute as I am? As pretty as I am, as dignified as I am, you got me sitting on a can with my hands up. I didn't tell her to put her hands up. She did that on her own. Sometimes when you start to follow Jesus, there are certain things that set you apart that let folk know exactly who you're listening to. Miko, stand up. On forward. Five steps. One, two. Three, four, five. Stop, Miko. Take three more steps forward. One, two, three. Stop, Miko. I need you to walk up some stairs for me. Take about seven steps. Go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Good. Turn to your left, Miko. Turn to your left again. Miko. How did you get where you are? I walk by faith, not by sight. Okay. Now, Miko, that's cool. But there's some real people in this house. Who were you listening to? Pastor, I was listening. Okay. I gave you a word. Do you have any idea of where you are? I'm on top of the, the altar right here. Okay. Did you know that's where you were headed? No. Okay, good. I need you to take one step sideways to your left. Miko, turn around to your right. Keep going. Keep turning. When you start listening to God, Satan will start speaking like God. You're going to have to learn when you come to church, God will show you that my sheep know. And y'all, let me teach the lesson. Let me, let me.
Miko, how you doing? Hey, come on down them steps and come talk to me. Come on, Miko. Miko, no, she desperate. Come on, Miko. I got something for you. I got what you've been looking for. Miko. Come on, girl. Let's go. Come on. Come on down these stairs. Come on. Can you hear me? Do you trust me? Well, why are you talking to me then? See, all Satan's got to do is get your attention. He's real sweet. All he needs is a conversation. I hear you. We're going to preach in a minute, but you don't get it yet. You, some of y'all came for sweet church. I'm trying to talk. Somebody's waiting for a breakthrough today. And, and you're sitting up there, and you don't know how you got there. You've been trusting God. Everybody's looking at you, and now all the spotlight is on you. You've been wanting to be the center of attention, but God said, nah. You don't have to be a star to be in my show. Miko, take one step down. Miko, take another step down. Miko, take a step up. Miko, take a step down. Miko, take a step up. Take a step down. Step to your right, Miko. Take, take a left. Miko, come back to your left. Come back to your left, Miko. Come back to your left, Miko. Miko, I need you to come to your left. I need you to turn to your left, Miko. Miko, I need you to step down. I need you to step down quickly, Miko. See, when you start following, hear all the voices now. Now you're distracted because you want to hear from God, but the devil won't shut up. Some of you are where you are now because God knows he's speaking to you, but the devil says, I'm not cutting you loose. None of this would be happening if Miko could see me. But because she's got to hear my voice, because she's got to trust me, sometimes says, trust me, I can't even let you see how ridiculous you look when you operate by faith. Is there anybody? I'm talking too loud. I'm talking too loud. Sometimes when you live by faith, you look ridiculous. Repeating now. <laughs> how many of you know that's true? I know it's a little hard to hear, but I thought the demonstration was worth the suffering through that. You know, we're living in a day where there are so many voices. And as adults, we get to choose what voice we li listen to. Our, our television has an off switch. Uh, you know, it may be that we don't just need to bind and loose. We need to hit off. There's an on and an off. Amen? I think we're to the place where we really have to definitely know I should be listening to this voice. And Jesus is the good shepherd. Everybody say the good shepherd. He knows exactly what we should be listening to. Now, Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, and it says he ever lives to make intercession for us. But the Lord said, I'm going to give you a voice. John 16, I'm going to give you a voice. And if you will listen to this voice, 
This voice will guide you. Everybody say, guide me into all truth. Who knows the truth about COVID? Do you think God is up there saying, oh my goodness. Should we start school or should we not? Should we do this or should we not? How many of you know that if people listen to the Holy Spirit and walk in unity, that the anointing of God is on that? It says that when the brethren dwell in unity, Psalm 133, how sweet it is because it's like the oil from Mount Hermon that comes down over the priest robe and anoints them for what they've got to do, which in the old covenant was to take care of all you people. Hallelujah, we are not there. We are in the new covenant and you all are responsible for yourself with God. But that puts that responsibility on every one of us to know what the Holy Spirit's saying. And I believe that God wants to bring people to an understanding of where we are today, but we have to shut off the other voices. And it's true, the very last scene in there, where the closer you get, at least from my experience, the closer we get to what God is wanting us to do and the fulfillment of that, the more voices start to speak. And they all speak at the same time. You know, uh, years ago, uh, Pastor Bill Lay out in Tulsa, uh, he used to say that when Janet and I had lunch, it never, there never was not somebody talking. We talked at the same time and he just couldn't understand how we could hear each other. I said, don't worry about it. We got it. We're, we're good. Janet would say, I don't know how we do it, but we just talk and talk, and we only got an hour, so we have to get it all in. But, you know, when you have all those voices going on that you don't recognize, we could do that because we recognized each other's voice. We, we could get that deciphered. You know, if you listen to this video long enough, you would understand every word that man said. But with the roar of the video... Did you realize how hard that was to tune in to that voice? It's the same with the Holy Spirit today. And I'm believing the time we're living in, if we don't know what God says, then we don't know what to do. If I don't know what the Lord is telling me to do, then I'm not going to know what decision to make. And I don't know about all of you, but decisions seem to be uh, having to be made more quickly than they used to be. You know how you used to say, well, you know, just give me, a, I'll go home and pray about it. Sometimes there's not that much time. But if we're in constant communication, uh, I know my husband pretty well after almost 40 years of marriage. And so if somebody asked me something that what he would think about something, I can pretty much tell you what he's going to think. Um, whether I agree with it or not, I know what he's going to think. Same with the body of Christ. Whether you agree with God or not, you know what he thinks. We just have to make the choice. To choose what God thinks. And so when we read John 10, 10, um, you know, every time I read it, and especially with an illustration my husband gave me for when he was in Israel, um, the voice of the Holy Spirit is critical to our walk because in John 14, 15, and 16, Jesus was preparing his disciples for his leaving and going to heaven. In John chapter 14, after he said, greater works will you do than I do because I go to the Father in 12 through 14. Then he said, I will not leave you as orphans. 
In other words, I will not leave you without a voice, a parental voice that will speak into your life and will show you the truth, will comfort you in all situations, will help you, and through that voice and you operating in that voice, I will manifest myself to you. In other words, I will make myself known to you. And so God knew what they would need. They would need this voice. Well, if you read John 10, it says, Jesus said to the Pharisees, listen to this eternal truth. Everybody say eternal truth. Eternal truth never changes. Uh, you know, we have temporal truth and eternal truth. And so it says, this is eternal. The person who sneaks over the wall to enter the sheep pen, rather than coming through the gate, reveals himself as a thief coming to steal. In the old covenant, when you came into the presence of God, when you brought sacrifices, you, there was only one way in. Everybody say only one way in. Jesus said, I am the only way to the Father in John chapter 14. In the very beginning of that chapter, what was he saying? There's only one way for you to connect with God, and that's through this gate. The thief, the devil, comes in over the wall. He's not coming through the gate because that's not the way he can come. He is an adversary. He is an enemy. Have you ever watched movies where their enemies come over the gate? They, they come over a seat. They don't come through the front gate of, of a kingdom and say, here we are to destroy you. They sneak. Everybody say, the devil is sneaky. <laughs> but Jesus comes through the gate. What is he saying? I am the one. I am the one that is the only way into the presence of God. And so when you hear that scripture, I used to think, oh, you know, what about the people you know, that don't believe like we believe. Well, that's their decision. The word of God says, everybody say the word of God says that Jesus is the only way to the father. And so he's talking now about to all of us. It says, but the true shepherd walks right up to the gate. And because the gatekeeper knows who he is, he opens the gate to let him in. And the sheep recognize the voice of the true shepherd for he calls his own by name. Everybody say, he knows my name. We sang that last Sunday on purpose. Because he does know your name. He knows who we are. And I know that would be hard to believe. But I know he knows who I am. Because he knows things about me. And he guides me in things that I know he knows where I am. Isn't that exciting? God knows where we are today. And then it says, <clears throat> he calls by name, leads them out for they belong to him. Anything God asks you to do, he will be leading you out and he will speak to you with a voice that you will recognize. Then it says, and when he has brought out all his sheep, he walks ahead of them and they follow him for they are familiar with his voice. Do you know how I know the body of Christ isn't listening to God? Because I see the things that happen and the decisions that are made today in different uh, denominations that say they're Christian that are not the voice of God. Everybody say, how many of you know they're not the voice of God? The evidence is there. And so they're not listening to this voice. Uh, then it goes on, it says they're familiar, but they will run away from strangers and never follow them because they know it's the voice of a stranger. You know, when we were growing up, my Aunt Alma had a, a big barn at the back of her property. And then down behind the barn, there was a creek. And um, my sister and my 
other, she's my niece, she, she would run, get, get down, or my cousin, she'd go down behind that barn and she wasn't supposed to. And there were strangers. That's what our parents called them back then. Strangers who hung around down by the creek. And so we weren't allowed to go by the creek. I believe today there's a lot of Christians hanging out at the creek with the strangers. And if my Aunt Alma were there, they would all get grounded for being at the creek. Well, they'd get switched. We didn't ground back then so much. It was more, you got switched. But why was that happening? So that we would remember that you don't go where the strangers are. Everybody say, there are strangers today. Strange rangers out there. And they are speaking strange ranger language. You know covenant language if you're a believer. And covenant language is eternal. It has a promise. It will not fail. God is in it. Everybody say covenant language. That's what the church speaks. Covenant language. And so when it talks about this, Bill was in Israel with Rodney a couple of years ago, three years ago. And they took them to uh, out in the field with a shepherd with all the sheep. And uh, why don't you come and tell it? Because you know what happened better than me. I wasn't there. But I think it's, it was just such a good illustration of the good shepherd. It was really a powerful demonstration. It was a kibbutz over there, and Rodney and I were with uh, some other people. And uh, he took us to a sheep pen, and uh, probably uh, uh, 40, 50, 60 sheep in that pen, and uh, all jammed together. And he read the scripture to us that Pam just said, shared, and uh, he said, now watch how this plays out with the sheep. And he called one by name. And almost to the back of all of these sheep that were gathered, this one sheep jumped up in the air and jumped on top of all of the other sheep and came running, very cluttered, to get through the sheep on top of them, all the way to the front and jumped over the gate. He was standing at the gate almost into his arms. And he said, the sheep, that sheep knows my voice. And all of these sheep know my voice when I call their name. It was so vivid to see the scripture actually played out that God knows our name and that we know his voice and that when he calls our name, we know and that we're so fine-tuned into that 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 is the thing that leads us, guides us, and takes us through our life. Amen. I just thought that was, give God a hand. That is really something. My sheep know my voice. And, and so that means, Abigail, every day, God will talk to you. Does she know I'm talking to her? Abigail, Jesus knows your name. Amen? So you don't have to be concerned about your future as long as you hear his voice. See, it can start when we're young. But how many of you didn't have I didn't have that when I was young. I made a lot of wrong decisions. God's grace will get us through. But God's best, everybody say God's best, is that we hear the voice of God. And then it says, in this, it goes on in John chapter 9, John 10, 9. I am the gateway. To enter through me is to experience life, freedom, and satisfaction. Is there any word there of fear, doubt, or unbelief? 
To enter through Jesus is life, freedom, and satisfaction. The thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life to its fullness until you overflow. The body of Christ should be the most uh, overflowing, gracious, generous people in the whole earth today. We have no fear. Uh, the fact that things happen around us, that doesn't make us fearful because God already prepares us. You know, God will tell you when to go buy toilet paper. You know, there was a, a toilet paper shortage. I believe God would quicken us for the needs that we have. Pastor Bill was on it. I'm still using toilet paper from before COVID. He heard the voice of God. I was so glad that he got all that toilet paper. I heard one day, go and get meat at the grocery store. Now, it was Saturday afternoon. I was busy working on what was for Sunday, but I went to the grocery and I got the meat. And there were a lot of people in there that day too, so they got the message also. And I had to wait a while. But then right after that, you couldn't, you couldn't get in that place to get meat. And there were some things of meat that weren't there anymore. Everybody say the Holy Spirit. See, I think we think the Holy Spirit is, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's a goofy Christian that thinks it's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit isn't a dove, you know, and his feathers don't fall down on everybody. Listen, I've been in meetings where people... One lady, she was pulling feathers out of her sleeve. Took them a long time to find out it wasn't the Holy Spirit. It was the feathers in her sleeve. She'd throw these feathers. The Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit is here. And everybody, very well-known people, I could name them, that were there. Folks, he is not a dove. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. And he has a voice. And it's your voice for protection. John 14, 15, and 16. If you read those chapters over and over, you will understand the importance of the Holy Spirit for the body of Christ. He's not more important than Jesus. He's not more important as God, than God. They are the three in one. It's the voice that was left in the earth for the believer when Jesus went to heaven. The same voice, the same spirit that raised him from the dead dwells in each one of us. And so when it talks about this in John 10, 10, the purpose of this chapter is I alone am the good shepherd and I know whose hearts are mine. Now, what do we do when we receive Jesus? We say we invite him into our heart. How many of you as a young person, we're going to say this prayer and Jesus is going to come live in your heart. You know, if you're seven or eight, you're thinking, huh? It's not Jesus in person. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. But the Holy Spirit of God, the third person of the Trinity, is going to come into your heart and begin to guide you in all truth. We should be teaching our children this. They're not going to teach it at school, but we can teach them that at home. That there is a voice that they can listen to. Because when they get to school, I have raised children that are now married, that have children, that are having children. And it's very important that they know the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because when they get out of your home, there's a whole lot of voices out there, especially that one that says, come on down here, Nika. 
I've got something for you. How many of you, as a teenager, can remember voices like that? Exactly what you think is going to get you somewhere is what's going to take you into the pits. There are voices out there that will do that. He says, I know the hearts that are mine, for they recognize me and know me, just as my father knows my heart, and I know my father's heart, and I am ready to give my life for the sheep. The father has an intense love for me because I freely give my own life to raise it up again. And it goes on, and this is what it says. It says, this teaching set off another heated controversy between, among the Jewish leaders. How many of you know when you start talking about truth, it can set off a controversy? And this is what they said about Jesus. This man is a demon-possessed lunatic. You know, how many of you have ever had people say that? Not exactly those words. They might have thought it, but they didn't say it to you. That, you know, what you're, what you're saying, you know, that doesn't make any sense. The world can't make sense out of heavenly revelation. They can't make sense out of eternal truth because they live in temporary truth. Temporary truth can satisfy the flesh. Eternal truth satisfies the soul. Of man, And it is what people are looking for. It says, but there, why would anyone listen to a word, he says. But then there were others who weren't sure. His teaching is full of insight. These are not the ravings of a madman. How could a demonized man give sight to one born blind? When the miracles start happening, the, the people start changing their tune. I'm believing for miracles. I'm believing for miracles. I'm believing for people that, that need a miracle uh, of understanding in their situation so that they can make the right choice. I'm believing for miracles, signs, and wonders. This COVID has no right to be in this nation. The borders need to be protected in this nation by the blood of Jesus. Now, I believe we've got the devil on the run. I read this article, and I was going to read it. I have it over here. Um, from um, Indiana, what's that called, IFA, what is that, Sue? Indiana Family Association, okay, here we go. It says, in an email to supporters this week, Planned Parenthood, their political arm began promoting a website. It created, showing the damage the Trump administration has done to its cause. Everybody say, praise the Lord. See, somebody has been listening to the right voice and making the right decisions. And I'm not telling you who to vote for today, but I am telling you, this man has made these decisions, and it has upset the enemy. Now, I'm all for anybody who makes decisions that puts the enemy on the run, at least to support in these decisions. The Trump administration has appointed more than 200 judges of lifetime appointments. Everybody say lifetime. During his first term, that's more than any of the last six presidents. And they're conservative judges. What does that mean? They have as a record that they vote pro the Bible. They vote pro-life. They, they vote uh, pro-family values. They vote, they're, they're judges. Everybody say judges. 
Now, I have never been to court, thank you, Jesus. But I know a lot of people who have gone to court, and you better believe that judge has a lot of power. And in the world we're living in today, I've heard reports of judges that are not issuing verdicts that are right, not even according to the law, but they're getting by with it. We need people. That are, why would there be 200 new judges if we didn't need conservative judges? Everybody say, God places people. But somebody's got to be listening. Somebody has to be listening. 58 meaningful abortion regulations have passed at state levels since the beginning of President Trump's term. Everybody say, praise Jesus. One of the greatest, one of the greatest destructive things in America is abortion. And 58 meaningful abortion regulations. That's a lot to get done. That is a lot to get done in the world we're living in today. See, God is moving. Everybody say, God is moving. I read in my faith, the faith yesterday, uh, you know, the enemy's working, but God is winning. I, and I'm thinking, where? Where, where is he winning? Because this COVID is going rampant. There's other things happening in our nation. But then I picked this up. I, I saw this on the internet and I thought, well, we just need to be aware of what God is doing. We're more aware of what the enemy's doing than what God is doing. I looked at the numbers the other day. 9% of the people in the state who have gotten COVID, I mean, in Tippecanoe County, 9% have passed away. Now, that's, that's wrong. We don't want people to pass away. However, people that pass away that have issues in their body, it isn't always the COVID. It's because they had issues that the COVID could overcome. Are you understanding me? It's still not good. I still pray for those families. But 91% of those who have had it are alive and well. Now, you know, you may say, well, we shouldn't be talking about this in church. Well, we are. Because it is promoting fear in the body of Christ just like it is in the world. The world doesn't have to, if you're listening today and you're, you don't want to listen to this, just turn me off. However, if you're a Christian, you need to know the truth. And the Holy Spirit wants us to know the truth because we're a voice. Everybody say, I have a voice. And so whenever somebody says that, and I, I said this when I was getting my hair done, it's dangerous when somebody's fixing your hair to start saying the truth. You know, but they weren't coloring it, so I was okay. Anything, anything can grow, hallelujah. But, you know, they, this person was fearful, and, and I said something. Well, nobody talked after that. But, you know, that didn't bother me. I still paid, paid my tip, and left. Because that's seed. And the voice of the Holy Spirit is the voice of God. And it says in Isaiah 55, it will not return void. I don't have to fight. I just have to plant. Everybody say, just have to sow. Just have to sow. Sow the word. And it's, it goes on. It says, the time came to observe the, win the winter feast of renewal in Jerusalem. And Jesus walked into the temple. Now, this is the feast of dedication or the feast of lights you, in other translations. And it says, Jesus walked into the temple area under Solomon's covered walkway when the Jewish leaders encircled him and said, how much longer will you keep us in suspense? Tell us the truth and clarify this for us once and for all. Are you really the Messiah, the anointed one? You know what Jesus answered them? 
I've told you the truth already. And you did not believe me. How many of you know there have been voices speaking the truth? I was thinking of Franklin Graham, who has boldly spoken the truth. Other church leaders, other people in public office that have spoken the truth, but nobody's listening. And he said, you did not believe me. The proof of who I am, everybody say the proof, is in the revealed by all the miracles that I do in the name of my Father. Yet you stubbornly refuse to follow me because you're not my sheep. Now, he said that to them before, and they got all riled up in chapter 8. As I've told you before, my own sheep will hear my voice, and I know each one of them, and they will follow me. I give to them the gift of eternal life, and they will never be lost, and no one has the power to snatch them out of my hands. Everybody say, praise God. Everybody say this, I have eternal life, if you know Jesus, I will never be lost. You know, my niece called me the other day, right in the middle of prayer. She said, I'm lost. I said, this is a dumb question. Where are you? <laughs> she goes, that's it. I don't know. I said, where were you going? Well, she was going to Logansport. So I got out my map, and I'm looking all over, and she's lost. Now, you know, I'm supposed to be praying, but I'm thinking my niece is lost. So I spent the next few minutes trying to help her find where she was, and we finally got her where she was supposed to be. She goes, oh, thank you, Aunt Pam. My mom, she didn't answer the phone while her mom was in prayer. But how many of you know Jesus will always answer the phone? He will always answer. And you will never be lost. Say, I'll never be lost. If you feel lost, if you feel discouraged, Jesus will know where you are. And the last one I love, no one has the power to snatch you out of his hands. Everybody say, no one has the power. Would you stand with me this morning? I'm about halfway through my message, but I believe God wants to. And we don't have any more time, but I believe God is telling us this is the hour. Everybody say, this is the hour. And I want you to say this out your mouth. I can hear what God is saying. I need to know. How many of you believe even this week you will need to know? Even today, we will need to know. I believe what God is saying to, to this body is we need to be aware of the voice of the Holy Spirit. There are voices out there, and they, they will sometimes be so loud that you will have to wait, bind those voices, and wait on the Holy Spirit. His is a still, small voice. It doesn't have to make understanding in your own mind come about instantly. But if you do what God says right then, everybody say, immediately. When the Holy Spirit speaks, you have to move. Just an example, this morning I said to John, when we're doing worship, this is how the Holy Spirit moves. If you wait too long, you know, you might have a nice pretty intro to a song, and you're over here and you're ending one song, and then you're supposed to have somebody else do the next one. If they wait too long, strumming or whatever they're doing, whether it's the keyboard, whoever's on an instrument, you wait too long, whoosh, the Holy Spirit goes up. You got to stay right on it. You got to stay right in the flow. Everybody stay right in the flow. And it's an instant, you, you can't separate from it because when you separate, it jerks it back out of the Spirit. Are you, I'm trying to explain, I'm, I'm hoping I'm making, it, it's, it's, 
not like you can be with the Holy Spirit right now and then something else comes along and you get distracted. You know, everything that glitters isn't gold. And you turn and then you, it's like you're lost again. You have to stay with it. And I believe God is trying to show a lot of people in the body of Christ what to do right now. But we have to stay with him. Everybody say, stay with him. Would you bow your heads? Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for everybody here today. Lord, I believe, I believe that you are ready to do great and marvelous, wonderful, amazing signs, wonders, and miracles through the body of Christ. The, the pastor is just to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. All of these people standing here today, those watching on the video today, you may be watching at home. God needs you in this hour that we're living in. And the Holy Spirit wants to quicken you to the things that he's speaking to you. And you may say, I'm too old or I'm too young. We already took care of that. If you know Jesus, you are on call. You are on call. And I pray for every one of you today that have been asking God, what is it that you're trying to tell me? Would you lift your hand if that's you? What is it, Holy Spirit? What is it, Holy Spirit? What is it, Holy Spirit? Lord, I thank you for words of knowledge, words of wisdom, for the anointing of the Holy Ghost, so clear and so sharp that they will know what to do about their children. They will know what to do about their business. They will know what to do about their work. They will know what to do about buying or selling a home. They will know what to do about buying or selling a car. They will hear your voice. They will know what relationships to be in and what relationships to get out of. In the name of Jesus, they will hear so clearly that when they step into those positions, they will feel the anointed presence of God come on their heart, on their mind, and they will know, this is it. I have received what God is speaking to me for me to do in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for those that are here or maybe watching today that have never received Jesus. The good shepherd, the good shepherd loves you. The good shepherd has a plan for your life. And there is someone who is able to do what you cannot do. He will help you be who you want to be. And if that's you today, we're all going to pray here today. And maybe you'll be at home or you're here in this room. But today, if you make this decision to invite Jesus to be a part of your future by receiving him as your Lord and Savior, he is going to make a difference. He is going to give you life where there's been destruction. And he's going to give you hope where there's been no peace and no idea of what you're going to do. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you he died for me. I don't always understand, but I willingly choose Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Forgive my sins. Help me to make better decisions. Lead me in the right path and take away my fear. Lord, right now, I pray for the spirit of fear that has gotten on families, just like uh, Lori said earlier about school. I want us to just take a minute. We're going to pray. We're going to pray in the Holy Ghost if you pray in the Holy Spirit. If you don't, just ask God. He'll fill you with the Holy Spirit power, that anointing, and that, and that uh, praying in the Holy Ghost 
that brings revelation, revelation to your mind. We pray, Lord. Would you come up here and pray for schools? We're going to pray for schools before we leave in our county. All the schools in our county. Hallelujah. Just continue to pray in the spirit. Heavenly Father, we do praise you and we do thank you for every teacher and every school system in our county. We thank you that they are covered by the blood of Jesus. We have a covenant with you and we exercise our covenant over these schools in Jesus' name. And I thank you that all fear has to leave right now in Jesus' name. We bind you, you wretched spirit. You do not have any dominion over what we have dominion over. And we take our authority and we say to you, you must go. And we thank you, Lord, that there is knowledge, wisdom, but more than that, your will will prevail in our school systems in this county and over every teacher and every student. And there is peace, peace, peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. We consider it done. We consider it working in every school, every, every administrative office in Jesus' name. And we thank you that you are able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all we could ask, hope, or think according to the power of the Holy Spirit that lives and works in us in Jesus' name. Everybody believe that said? Amen. Amen. Now, I don't know why, but I feel like God has told me we're going to pray at the end of every service for whatever God tells us to pray for, because we all need to practice praying. Amen. And this is what we do in our prayer time every day. We pray in the Holy Ghost till we feel like we have what the Holy Spirit's telling us to pray. And then we pray that and we stand and believe that God's word is true. Amen. Now to, to the one with enough power to prevent you from stumbling into sin and bring you faultless before his glorious presence, to stand before him with ecstatic delight to the only God, our Savior, through our Lord Jesus Christ, be endless glory and majesty, great power and authority from before he created time, now and throughout all the ages of eternity. And all the people said, amen. amen. Go and be blessed. Amen. <laughs> <laughs>